A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, it's a little bit of a dull week as everybody gets ready for the double game week in 37, 36, kind of just like the uh, ugly kid that nobody really wants to talk to. Uh, you have any prevailing thoughts heading into this one? No, no I do not. <laughs> I played no, the I- fifth. One, two, three, four, I wish fifth. I had some. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, fifth. Um, <laughs> there are so many amendments. I can only choose one. <laughs> fifth. No. Um. I I wish I I wish I had some long diatribe planned for um, week thirty six and all its abundant joy of exuberance. Um. But it's kind of like the calm before the storm here. Um. We're waiting on Arsenal to do the Europa thing. Um. We just witnessed Liverpool do their um Europa Cup thing but it's just a Champions League style and you know um it would have been nice if they kept it clean and kept it 5-0 but you know they let in two goals <clears throat> now it you know it straggles back into the FPL universe that they gave up two two goals um because now do they rest on their laurels for the Champions League that they're up three goals you know gave up two away goals um or do they they come out and just you know keep all hands as normal and keep everybody in the same training schedule, same flow. Um, yeah, losing it's hard to imagine change. them feeling confident resting people considering how Roma overturned their result against Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be firmly in the back of their mind. Also losing Oxley Chamberlain for the rest of the year, and he's now going to miss the World Cup. That's bad news. Yeah, um, hope he gets well <clears> soon. I mean, he won't because yeah. th- these injuries take like nine to twelve months. Yeah, but. nine. It's going basically this time next year is when. So basically, week thirty something next year of the FPL roundtable. Tune in. We're gonna be talking about Oxley Chamberlain as a buy. The pin. return of the Ox. Um. Yeah. I mean, are you nervous? Are you nervous about a bad rotation scheme for Liverpool coming into week thirty six? Yeah, I'm not exactly delighted, as you said. As is a. Uh, Premier League fan did not very much enjoy them uh, cruising so easily um, as an FPL fan was very much enjoying it, especially um, playing the Champions League game over at goal, shameless plug. Um, but um, the fact that they conceded those two late goals to Roma really does mess with things on the FPL front. I think Salah will still start this weekend um, because he was taken off around the 70th minute um, in their Champions League match against Roma. But the other guys, I think there's there's got to be genuine question marks surrounding them i mean the defenders in particular who you imagine you would have liked this week at home against stoke um i i don't know if van dyke and robertson and alexander arnold will all get the run out here uh i almost said midweek at the weekend um see so yeah, i'm confident in salah this week but then next week i wasn't going to roster any of them intentionally anyway uh as obviously they have chelsea in the same week as a double game week um, and while Chelsea have not been the clean sheet mavens that they've been of years past, they have not been profoundly uh, tight at the back this season. So 
Um, all in all, keeps a lot if you have him this week, I think. But by next week, I don't think you really want to have too many Liverpool players left in your squad. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, defensively, if you are committed to Carrius, I think Carrius is safe. I think he'll play. Um, but I would yeah. probably be leery about owning a TAA or a Robertson. I think Van Dyke is okay as well. I think that he's pretty much firmly there because there is no real replacement for him with Matip or unless they put Joe Gomez in the center, which he has done on uh, U21 or U23 teams for, for England before. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm firmly – my eyes are firmly planted on, on one person and one person only for Liverpool, and it, it's Roberto Firmino. Um, based on his ownership, um, his FBL commitment right now is just ridiculous. Uh, price is 9.6. Ownership – Right around forty percent. Um, I'm he's the one pl- player that I'm I'm worried about. I think that going into this week, Liverpool, you know, at Stoke, or uh, Liverpool home to Stoke, um, this could be a firm um, who we saw in the in the Roma Champions League game. This could be a Danny Ings from the start game. Um, I'm not saying bring in Danny Ings because Danny Ings is not somebody you want to cement your your week F your FPL week thirty six around. Yeah, but I'm I'm worried. If I'm worried about one player and one player only on on Liverpool, it's 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 Bobby Bobby Digital nine dot six Firmino. <clears throat> yeah. I'm I'm worried. Um, I, I'd agree. Who do you think would take Ox's spot? Because initially Lalana jumped to mind, and I forgot that he had gotten hurt again. Yeah. Um, but there's there's potentially a spot available there for somebody to be in the front four for Liverpool. It'll be Wijnaldum. I think we what we saw. From Wijnaldum in the Champions League game, him pressing very high hmm. um, when Klopp realized that there was an attack mode. If, if you look back at the game, Wijnaldum was playing very high. He, he had was. a lot of access to a lot of offensive goodness, which is not something Jorginho is really used to and accustomed to. Not since I know leaving talk- Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I talked about N'Golo Conte being in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time for Chelsea and inside the box. He doesn't really know what to do because he's not really an offensive player. Wijnaldum's kind of like he kind of had that like deer in the headlights kind of offensive player. Um, I think Wijnaldum is is clearly if you, excuse me if you're looking to add somebody on you know on the secret secret here, Wijnaldum would be my Liverpool add for just this week against against a Stoke team that just oozes 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 tons of fantasy Premier League points. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't go for Danny Yangs. I know he may get the start. You know, there could be a Dominic Solanke game. Which could be could completely happen, um, but yeah, I mean Liverpool has assets that everybody wants and still owns currently. Just look at their ownerships; they're phenomenally just overdrawn and overburdened for fantasy rosters. Considering that you know after this week there are you know several teams that have a double in game week thirty-seven, and Liverpool is not one of them. So, is now a good time, Kevin, to transition from the Liverpool questionable assets because they do have. This fixture on Saturday against Stoke, and then they do have a Champions League fixture next Wednesday, um, and then the, the following game week where they do not double. Are you completely pivoting off of everyone on Liverpool besides Salah? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I would agree. So basically, if you're doing this right now and you're looking at your team, systematically try to wean yourself off of Liverpool. That's and I great... will say, it, it'll be hard to convince yourself to get rid of Liverpool players at home out of Stoke. Oh, like, totally. I totally no, get totally. it. But totally but long term play wise, absolutely. Ride this week. You have to ride this week because you have to fantasy expect, you know, that Liverpool are going to come out. They're going to do Liverpool things against Stoke, and hope they either 
If you're defensively committed to them, they'll get a clean sheet. Salah comes on for 60 to 70 minutes, gets a goal and an assist, or does some things that are, you know, are a boon to your fantasy team. And you're not overcommitted to other guys who don't play or that you have a significant sub that can sub in for the Liverpool guys. Because me, Kev, I think me and Kevin are both on the same thing. That Yes, there's probably going to be some kind of rotation thing, but no, we don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one to watch. And I'm sure a lot of people will be frustrated Saturday morning or keeping their eyes peeled to uh, Anfield Express on Friday night. Yeah, totally, um, totally sneaky Anfield Express. If you're not following them on Twitter... Go you're, do you're it. Doing it wrong, considering how four, highly four weeks owned, in a row. Four yeah, weeks in a row. How highly owned all these Liverpool guys are. Um, while we're kind of on this topic, what do you think of um, single game week players going forward? If, if you're a match week 36, are there any single game week players that you'd be considering bringing in? I know Bournemouth have a particularly nice run, and as do Palace and Everton. Um, are there any options that you might be looking at from those single game week teams? Or are you thinking exclusively doubles from here on out? I think that if you're looking to transfer players in. You're bringing in players that either have a great matchup this week. Um, I'm looking firmly at Spurs. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not. Let's put it this way. I'm not completely buying someone that has a single game week in 37. Um, <clears throat> I've made my moves this week already, and they both include guys that are on double. You know, doubles in week 37 because I'm looking at 36 and 37 as a collective whole. Um, I wouldn't advise anybody bringing in anyone because, let's put it this way, everyone is chasing something right now, whether it be points in the mini league, points in a money league, points in a draft league, um, you know, points in an overall. You're chasing something. If you're still listening to this podcast, you still have a passion for FBL. So don't, like, chinch yourself and don't bring in the, the proper talent for the proper games. Last time I checked, three is still better than two. So don't, like, side on the side of, you know, like – well, you know, Bournemouth has a has okay. No, don't do it because how often? When's when's the last player on Bournemouth that you trusted completely, Kevin? Going into a game week on a single game week, in a single, I don't know. I mean, I what was that thirty? <clears throat> oh, I've been thirty-one. Yeah, and then he came but, through with he, that late free kick. Yeah, but like, but Jordan Ibe, are you banking on Jordan Ibe doing anything against Southampton? He may. I'm not saying he won't, but moving forward, would you rather have Jordan Ibe or would you rather have another a, a decent? playable asset that has two fixtures in week 37 yeah well well, let's go the other way because the the one that i really clued in on um and, and is a very tough one because i'm trying to decide between uh, a double game week player or zaha um of course crystal palace are going to be playing stoke that week and their mm-hmm. league worst defense and because of zaha's budget price I'm actually considering having him because I, I my wild card is activated right now. For those that remember our old strategy talks, um, I'm wild carding here before 37. Um, but I, I currently have Zaha in my team, and looking at say Willian, who hasn't really kept up the digits lately, um, awful. he's and, been awful. Yeah, and players awful. around that price range. I mean Zaha, I think he's six nine if memory serves. Um, six eight or six nine. I yeah, with know. Leicester, Stoke, and West Brom left Stoke in in 37. I think he might actually be the better option when, when there's so much rotation and everything. I don't know. I'm having a, a hard time convincing myself not to own Zaha with this wildcard team. Oh, I mean, here comes the thing. How much fantasy involvement do you want with Crystal Palace? We just saw that they just completely disappointed us last week against Watford and got a zero. True. Um, so moving forward, are you trusting Zaha over someone like Milivojevic? 
I would probably yell Milivojevic before before Zaha then if I'm moving forward and saving the dollar. Would you keep Milivojevic through the blank? Or sorry, through the through the single game week versus the doubles? Yeah, I would cuz cuz Leicester okay. Stoke West Brom to 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 finish is pretty is pretty decent that you and his see the price here is what's steering me to that. At 5.2 Milivojevic is not somebody you're like completely endeared to. You're not running to Vegas getting married by Elvis and you know staying forever with him. Because at 5.2, if you have a double game week fixed, like a uh, double game week guy, and your your strategy completely falls into this, Kevin, perfectly. Because if you're wild carding now and you're bench boosting or using a chip in 37, Milivojevic is the perfect guy to be like, okay, he's going to sit on my bench, but I'm still going to accrue points yep. from him because he doesn't have a double. So I'd rather start a double rostered guy in my team hoping that they play two games. Milivojevic is on the bench. He's automatically going to play. He has the the goal propensity to actually get you a goal, probably higher than anybody at 5.2. So, I mean, you're running the risk that Zaha's going to do something against Leicester, Stoke, or West Brom when they have two fixtures at home and one away. And I, I still think Milivojevic is the guy, is the own from Crystal Palace, and I wouldn't overcommit to anybody from Crystal Palace. Mm, that's fair. Um, well, just uh, for everybody to, <laughs> I guess, just bear in mind, the three players that I have um, that are currently on singles that um, I have for 37 are Zaha, Milivojevic, and Long. Uh, I currently have Salah in, but I'm planning to transfer him out uh, for that Chelsea Week next match. Um, but Long and Milivojevic, for their price, considering they're starting right now, um, doesn't sound like me he's going to be back this weekend either, um, are, are all options I think are worth uh, looking at for single game weeks, although I obviously understand why other people are a little less interested and having those single game week guys uh, in their teams. Um, <clears throat> Rob, you're planning on triple captaining next week, correct? Yes. yes. Cool. Is, is that still Kane, considering his it, recent it, issues? It is still Kane, but I brought in another viable triple captain candidate with my transfers because I wanted to beat the price up. So I have another triple captain candidate on my team. He's from Man City. We're going to get into him soon because I know you firmly want to talk about him because <laughs> he's on the tip of everyone's mind because what we saw last week from from Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus, um, you know, with the run-in that City has, West Ham, Huddersfield, Brighton, Southampton. Awesome. Easiest run-in so, on paper. It, it sounds awesome, especially for a, for a team that's in first place. Rotation risks, sure, they're probably there. We saw a little bit a little of it start last week. It's probably going to continue. They have two home games left. They're probably going to want to play guys that are on the way out for City. Yaya Torre. Um, are are you convinced that what we saw from Jesus last week? You know, he did get he did get a goal and an assist last week and a clean sheet. So, are you buying that Jesus is the second best option going forward for forward in week thirty seven? Man, <laughs> if somebody that owned Jesus last week, that was a painful game to watch. Yeah. Um, considering the missed penalty, considering how uninvolved he he was at large stretches, that assist obviously came from the missed penalty, which gave him a net of plus one points because he had the the minus two for the missed pen and then the plus three for the assist. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, I, I'm a yeah. little less confident after that match, although he did take the goal well late. Um, and I yeah. guess that kind of is the point with Jesus is you just kind of have to trust that he'll get there. Um, over 90 minutes, but that that gave me pause. Not enough to take him out, but I'm man, I'm I'm a little concerned. And if I was looking to play that triple captainship, I'm not sure how confident I would be in Jesus right now. Yeah, and and just a side note, can can, can we fix the BPS system once and for all? <laughs> 
that that Fabianski saves the the uh, the penalty gets two. Bo- what do you get? Two or b- yep. three bonus? Two, two or three bonus points? Come two on, alongside with Silva, and, and he gave up what five goals in the game? Yep. Come on. Come Listen, on. I had Fabianski. I thought it was perfect. I actually mentioned on Twitter that I got more points by Fabianski saving the Jesus pen than if he hadn't. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's legitimately crazy. Like, the bonus system is completely fraudulent. It's broken. Again. It's broken. Again. And it only takes one time for this late in the year where it's costing people points or, you know, costing people controversial things. And, and Was it, was let, it settling the fell out? Goals. And that's why everybody got real mad? Right now. <laughs> um, I will say um, the uh, last double game week, I took out Sterling for Salah um, mm-hmm. because they both only had one game week. Sterling was going up against Tottenham. I forget who Liverpool were playing, but it was a much better matchup. And since then, um, Sterling has had, I think, two goals and two assists, and Salah's only had the two goals. Uh, so a little bit of a whoopsie there. But uh, listen, I'm willing to be <laughs> wrong on Salah just about any week um, yeah, based was- on what he's done this season. We were both completely wrong on Raheem Sterling last week. We thought that he was going to sit, and yeah. he didn't. That, that's a good question. Do you think Sterling plays the rest of the way? I see. This is the thing with the with the city two home games, trying to get everybody a glory run. You know, they have a ton of midfielders there that that are gonna. You know, Yaya is getting one start. Yeah, and so, he did come on as a sub in the last one too. So and you, you, fig- you made and a good you figure, point there. And you figure uh, Bernardo Silva is on the opposite side of Raheem Sterling. It's it. They have so many great options there, and so many good good things. You know, Fernandinho is coming back. Um, you have David Silva. You have Yaya Toure. That's gonna get a glory run. I'm saying it a hundred times because it's gonna happen. If it doesn't, then I'm gonna look like a doofus. Mm-hmm. Um, Gundogan is still there. There's a ton of options there, even without Aguero. You know, just being in the fray. You know, and then Jesus is just there. Um, you know, it's it's great. I think Sterling probably sits too. I think he gets one not start and then one gets subbed off early the mm-hmm. last four games. Could, could well be. Um, but what he's been doing lately is just ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. He, if he doesn't – listen, if England – you know, if, if – what's his face? Dorothy Mantooth, the guy who owns, who manages the England club. If he's not a – what is his name? Gareth? Gareth Southgate. Yeah, that's it. Dorothy Mantooth, if he's not managing the team properly – yeah, I think Raheem Sterling is is firmly embedded in that starting England roster. But that's yeah. just, I know he was already, but there shouldn't be a question mark moving forward. Whether whoever Southgate wants to set up, whether it's with Kane and Vardy up top or Kane and Sterling on an offset role, I, I think Sterling is that guy. I think we've seen Raheem Sterling completely, completely mature oh, this year, sure. and I think that going into next year. Granted, I, we don't know what his prices are. We'll fig. We'll me and Kevin will play the guessing game after the the season do, comes up. We do that every year. But to me, what we felt about Delhi Del Ali coming into this year, that's what Raheem Sterling is going to be for a lot of people. Agreed. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, eighteen and fourteen. That's basically what you got from Delhi last year. Yeah. Was and, almost twenty ten. So. Yeah. I mean, and that next year, based on what we what we've seen from from Raheem Sterling, is he going to be able to take that next step? into fantasy, you know, you know, stardom. You know, well, I mean, the next step is just doing this again. I mean, I don't think yeah, anybody I mean, thinks he's going to go 2020. Yeah, 1814 is is phenomenal. I mean, yeah. that's like that's like Theo Walcott 8 years ago type stuff. <laughs> that one year Theo Walcott was good. Um, <laughs> it is like that, I guess. Um, 
Cool. Uh, yeah, I agree. This this city rotation is going to make or break a lot of people because, as mm-hmm. we said, they do have the easiest run in. Um, a lot of people are going to get pot committed on that double game week to you know Sterling, De Bruyne, David Silva, Sané, Bernardo Silva, yeah, Jesus. I think they may shy away from the defense, which is a complete mistake. I think because they have guys there that are you know they don't. The one thing about City is they don't have a ton of defenders that play. Na- name another guy besides Odomende, Walker, Company. And Laporte that have played more than twenty games this year, none. Has company you know. even played twenty? I, I was being generous when he, he yeah. hasn't. I was. I meant to say ten. But yeah, I, I said don't know. twenty. You know, it's, and it's pretty. Mendy's rough. coming back. You know, Stones. Stones may get a glory run at the end of the year. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think Gundogan is the sneaky guy there. Yeah, um, I I totally agree. I think Bernardo Silva is my sneaky guy there. But. Fair enough. Um. All right. Cool. Uh. Anything else you want to discuss before we jump into price changes? No. I mean, with how, what for people that are don't have any chips left mm-hmm. and that are looking for this week and next week, do you do you advise them going crazy heavy, taking a minus this week, heading into next week, or do you say just make your minimal transfers now, mm-hmm. wait the week for news, and then attack the double game week once we have news, injuries, and such like that. Well, if if people are out of chips at this point, I assume that that means that they just free hit this week, mm-hmm. um, which means that they should still have their wild-carded team from before 34. So yeah. they should be, you know, air quotes, good. Um, yeah. If you could just hold on to your free transfer this week, if you have no chips left, I think that's the way to go because we'll have another week of information. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend either not using any or using your one um, if you have no tra- – if you have no uh, – I almost said wild cards. If you have no chips yeah. left. Yeah, I think it all depends on from – my, from my perspective, I think it all depends on who you're buying. I wouldn't buy one one game week player like I said. I would look at, at mostly Spurs, City – you know, Swansea maybe if you're not planning to play them this week because they have okay fixtures. Not really, not really. But I mean, <laughs> if you're being cheeky, but yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you're only looking at the elite of the elite teams here if you're if you're doing transfers for this week and next week. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna be honest. While while I was just talking about uh, how I burned myself when I shifted off um Salah for Sterling now I'm kind of thinking about maybe just going Sterling again but Salah versus Stoke is so good like I hope beyond hope the Danfield Express leaks the lineup Friday and it says no Salah that would make my life so much easier um if if it if it comes out that there's no Salah I that that brings up a great question that brings up another great question what do you do going into week 37 then do you do you hold Salah and put him on your bench if you get a leak of the of the lineup and go into week 37 thinking, okay, now, you know, there's a Champions League game on Wednesday. Is he going to sit on, you know, Saturday? Or- if we find out Salah isn't starting this weekend, I'm probably off him rest of season. That's, I mean, that's that's fair. But, I mean. But listen, he's going to burn like people. Like, betting against him is a horrible idea. Oh, awful. But awful. I, awful. I think it's, it's the right play, but that doesn't mean it's going to be the right result. You but. never bet against the Egyptian magician. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely hurt those people that uh, were late adopters this year for sure. Um, we mentioned Sterling. I think he's been one of the price change guys. Also, uh, so is Harry Kane, who we just talked about. I think you have to be concerned. If he doesn't score this weekend, yeah. I think that pretty much trashes him as a triple captain option. Uh, but who, who else has been on the rise and fall this week? 
Uh, on the ups, uh, we have the Man City keeper Ederson uh, Long. Your Kevin Footlong, <laughs> your Burnley, your Burnley committed defender there. Odomende, Vincent Company have gone up, and surprisingly, DeAndre Yedlin has gone up on defense. Sterling Sane um, in midfield. Wood, Firmino, Jesus, and Iosi Perez. Um, Newcastle is so interesting. They completely broke my heart on Monday. Um, I wanted yeah, them yeah. to do so many defensive things against Everton. Everton just really didn't deserve to win that game from my perspective. I mean, they did have a one, they did win the game, obviously one nothing, but you know, they didn't really dominate the game like you know, Everton probably should have with the talent that they been bringing in. I know they weren't fielding it at the time, but Newcastle to me is such a conundrum team um uh, moving forward, especially with only 3 weeks to go. You know, their remaining schedule is West Brom, Watford, Spurs, Chelsea. So basically you're looking at 36 and 37 one game only because Spurs and Chelsea, I think they're negated and they basically negate each other from a fantasy value-wise. And it, am, I, am I wrong that saying that Kennedy doesn't play week 38, correct? Um, oh, because they're playing Chelsea, yeah. Yes. So if you're a Kennedy owner, you have West Brom this week and then you're punting. Um, because you're not bringing him in for 37 to play Watford away and Spurs away. Yikes. Um, I mean, a four point eight, you might be. I'm yeah, but you're, but you're, yeah. Uh, against Spurs at, at Spurs. Oof. Oof. I mean, it, it's not fun. That's for sure. Oof. Oof. I mean, what we just saw Newcastle do against Everton, which is not Spurs defense. Oof. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is what I was saying about buying and selling Newcastle assets. I, I, I get that everyone likes their prices because they fit so comfortably into everyone's budget. But with West Brom and maybe Watford as their – I'd say they tie Watford at Watford as they're basically – so basically they have one and a half winnable fixtures for the rest of the year with clean sheet appeal. That basically knocks out LaSalle's, Lejeune, Dubrakava. Dubrovka. Dubra- How do you say his name? Dubrovka. Dubrovka. Yeah. Dubrovka. He's knocks him out. Kennedy's out for the week thirty-eight. Iosi Perez has been giving great value at five point four, but are you really committing to someone if you're using your, you know, your your bench boost chip to someone who has Watford and Spurs and Chelsea? No, you're not. I don't think you should do that. So basically, to me, Newcastle's like not one of the first dead teams of the year. For fantasy, but they're one of the fantasy teams that I'm just completely negating for week 37. Yeah, and you have every right to do that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So on the on the price downs, it's kind of slow. There's not really big, sexy names in there. Um, it's Marcus Alonso because of, of his suspension. William, who's been a complete, complete disappointment. I don't, I don't know who's a bit, been a bigger disappointment during the double game week, the blank week, and the, the buildup for everything. You know, I'm gonna. I'll throw this to you, Kevin. Who's a bigger disappointment, William or Mars? Ooh, um, for me, uh, William. For you, Mars. Because I remember when all the Vardy hype was going on, you were like, "Oh, wait, wait, wait!" But also Mars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now I think he's blanked four in a row, yeah, um, which isn't exactly what you want. William's main issue is that I just never know when he's playing, and that's frustrating oh, totally. as hell. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, but William to me is just awful. You know, Mars. You, 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 Mars is one of those players that you, if you own, you pretty much have to keep him because of the fixtures that are in the double game week. I think that they're they're alluring enough that you're like, well, I guess Mars can play. Whereas you look at William and you're like, eh, is he gonna play? Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much like oh, and the the last big name 
who this is how bad the price downs have been for this week. The last big name that I found that was in the price downs, James Ward Prowse. I only say that because Ooh. he has a he has a double fixture in in thirty seven, and Southampton is kind of they've been scoring, yeah, and they do have okay fixtures for thirty seven. They could be everyone's sneaky insertion into the double game week. Yeah, I'm not saying buy like completely go sell out and buy three Southampton players. You know, don't give away Cedric and James <laughs> Ward Prowse and Charlie Austin, but I mean, get one of them. I mean, get one. Yeah, I, I, some... I have Cedric in right now, actually. There you go. I think you should get Charlie Austin. Oof. Why not? He keeps not starting. He will. That's what we've said for like this entire season. I call. I called, and now he's going to start. I, I made bet the you call. again, but then I might owe you every beer on this earth. So no, I don't think he's going to play both games. But yeah, I, I like him for a che- for a cheeky ad moving forward for the rest of the, for the rest of the year. Yeah, because. Right. Comparably to the rest of the, the downtrodden, low-budget strikers, who else? Who else are you trusting? Yeah, I mean, there's I, not many of them. I just talked about Jose Iosi Perez. You're not. You're not. Everybody's punted and sailed off Glenn Murray, who I still own because he has Burnley, United, City, Liverpool the last four games. Ugh. Woo! Um, I mean, name me another. Name me another forward under six point five that you would own for a double. Oof. Uh, I don't think. I mean, it in exists. general. I mean, J-Rod? Yeah, I mean, yeah. J-Rod's been doing it also. Uh, I'll mention somebody. But he only has a single. He I'll mention somebody single. on the other side of the break that's been a little too good mm-hmm. statistically mm-hmm. to ignore. Uh, and on that cliffhanger, we're going to hit the break, and then we'll be right back with our stars and sits. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right, and we are back this time talking our starts and sets. We left you with the cliffhanger. Who does Kevin think is a worthwhile budget forward right now? And, uh, you know, before I've mentioned, when, when the stats say I have to mention somebody, I'll mention them, even if I don't really buy it myself. Can you guess who with that intro this player is? Um, Ian Rush. <laughs> a few decades late. Um, no, it's Solomon by the, Rondon. By the way, can, Solomon Rondon is a great call. But can I interrupt here? Mm. Did you see the dime piece that so, I, Ian Rush had at the, the Liverpool Champions game that I was did sitting not. next to him? He was pretending like, yeah, I don't know you, but just in case the camera's on me. But we're going to talk after the game because we're definitely getting it. <laughs> well, congrats. And che- to- cheers for Ian Rush because he's in his 60s. And this girl was easily not like not <laughs> in her 25-ish ring. Yeah. Uh, well, all you know, he had a pretty mediocre career. So it's good for him to finally get a win. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my forward is actually going to be Solomon Rondon. Can't believe I'm saying it myself. He's top five in shots on target, assists, and shot accuracy and touches in the box over the last five matches, which is a lot of di- like that is he's spread out over too many statistics well mm-hmm. to not be involved in something. I don't even like their running to be honest with you. Um, first of all, because they're not very good, <clears throat> but Newcastle have a decent defense. So does Tottenham and Palace are okay. I mean, Sako would probably just man mark him that match. But um, yeah, I, like I said, the, the numbers tell me that it's Rondon this week. So. Uh, there's your mention of him. In midfield, it's Raheem Sterling, who we already talked about. Three goals, four assists in the last five matches. Um, didn't actually look up points-wise, but that should be more points than anyone else over that stretch. Um, 
<clears throat> so he's just been on an absolute tear. And even though they're ending the season, I mean, they've shown that they're going for these records. Um, and if they are, I don't really see how you pull Sterling right now, considering the form he's in. Other defenses I like this week, Newcastle, who just broke your heart, um, just conceded three goals in the last five matches, which is pretty great. Um, <clears throat> Liverpool, if they start all the guys, but we doubt they will. And Burnley. So Newcastle and Burnley, two defenses who've been very good lately, but haven't been keeping the clean sheets. I'm thinking maybe they'll be able to break that trend this week. Rob, who are you looking at uh, on your benches and uh, in your lineups? Uh, I'll start on defense. Uh, I'm looking at your team, Kevin. I'm looking at Spurs here. I'm going mm. for the one guy, and you can name him anytime you want. Jump in. I'm, uh, thinking, of the one, I'm thinking of the one guy that has zero rotation risk, not going to sit for any of these games. Vertonghen or Davis? Exactly. It's yeah. Vertonghen. It's 100% Jan Vertonghen. He is not going to sit for any of these final four games. He's just... You know, I think that he's consistently going to get minutes. He's missed one game all year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's basically he's 121 minutes short of an entire season of minutes, um, which is just phenomenal. Um, Jan Vertonghen 6.0. If you're looking for someone, if you're a Alonzo owner, punt and go to Vertonghen. You're not you're saving the dollar twenty mm-hmm. or you know that 1.2. And you can just get the same consistency from a defender. The only thing is he doesn't give you the offensive threat that anybody else is going to do. But he gives you the consistency of minutes. And Spurs' last four fixtures are pretty, pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. It's the first time I've ever used dope on the FPL roundtable, so you're all welcome. Did you like it? Uh, Did it feel good? Yeah, it felt, it felt good. It felt like I was eating like like vanilla and chocolate pudding at the same time. And I was like, ooh, I kind of like it, but I kind of hate it at the same time. Uh, midfield, Bernardo Silva, 7.2, 1.3% ownership. I like him only because he's a differential more than everybody else on the city midfield. Mm. Uh, his ownership is way down. They're, the big question is, who in city is going to get minutes? But we can say that about anybody. We can actually say that about Raheem Sterling right now. We can say that about Dave, David Silva. So I'm picking Bilva over Dilva uh, this week. And my sleeper for forward is Charlie Austin. I mentioned it before. I think he gets a start this week because Southampton has nothing else to lose Besides starting Charlie Austin, because what have they got from any other forward this this year? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, also, outside of Austin, none of the forwards on their in their squad have ever scored more than eight goals in a season. Oh, I believe it. Like legitimately, like Southampton is just pump and dump right now. Legitimately, they suck. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's awful. I I'm not, I don't, I'm trying to bring up the goals for Southampton this year, like who's scored, and I I guarantee Charlie Austin has like. A thousand less minutes than everybody else, and he probably is close to the goal total of everybody else. Yeah, probably. Goals. Uh, well, I can look that up for you. Uh, who are the guys? I got that it. You're... Oh, okay. I got it. He's got seven goals. He's got more goals than every other forward in FPL universe combined. That's uh, unlikely. It is. He's got seven, and Gabby Dean. Wait, but you four. said the whole universe. I meant Southampton. <laughs> Southampton universe. So he's got more than Gabby Dini and Long combined. Uh, so we'll go yeah, to my. He has the most goals at their club by three. Yeah, and it's crazy. And probably he has, like I said, probably about 800 to 900 less minutes wow. than, than everybody else. Uh, on to my sits. Uh, I'm getting the love affair for Aubameyang moving into this, you know, moving forward because of what, you know, Arsenal are doing with Europa. Lacazette is the guy that likes to be, is is like the, because they're trying not to change the team is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, but Aubameyang is, doesn't get any love for me this week at United. United is still United defensively. But, we're going to find out if I really, really love United in a minute because when we get the defense, I'm not going to. Uh, midfield, Arnautovic. 
He's my dead player for the, uh, in midfield for the year. I don't think I can own Arnautovic for the rest of the year with with City, Leicester, <clears throat> United, and Everton in his last four. I'm not buying it. I think there's better options out there. I, I've said this multiple times about Arnautovic, and I've only been wrong once the entire year about mm. blanking and not blanking. Kevin can attest to this because we've had multiple debates picking <laughs> him and sitting him, or you know he's going to blank. Revenge game. Yeah, it is totally a re- revenge game, but I don't think he does anything the rest of the year. He may get one goal the rest of the year, and that probably will make everyone happy, and they'll, they'll call me out on Twitter for it. Um, my sit on defense, I just mentioned him. It's United defense. It only takes one goal to mess up a clean sheet party, and I think Arsenal are probably good for just that one goal, unfortunately. So if you're a Smalling, Bailly, Valencia, you know any any of the uh, Man- Manchester United defender owners, I mean, you can't really sit, you can't really, you know, punt off of them because they do have some nice fixtures in week 37 that you probably are buying into because they do have a double. Um, but this week, Arsenal, I think they get one and it and it stinks and it ruins the party. Yeah, entirely possible there. Um, for me, the guys that I'm off this week is uh, Lacazette on the other side of that Arsenal thing. Uh, he he just isn't there really in any sets outside of goals. Uh, he's he's been there all year in shot accuracy, and he actually dropped out the week that he scored twice um, mm-hmm. because of how frequently he was missing the target. Um, <clears throat> also, like I said, this this is kind of a last chance saloon for Harry Kane. I mean, just to tell you how concerned I am, he is not in my wild card team right now. Um, if I That's stick great. with Salah, I could drop him next week and bring in somebody um, to to make Kane work up front. Uh, and I know that he and Erickson both have fairly good records against Watford, but uh, this is not that Harry Kane yet. Um, it, this weekend might be the weekend he proves he's back, but I he's not in my team right now. Um, and so I, I'm pretty hesitant on him as well. In midfield, we already mentioned Mares, but that's who I'm sticking with. Like I said, hasn't done anything in four consecutive weeks. This Leicester team looks like they're done. Um, I'm still not significantly off Vardy just because he can create something out of nothing at any point. Uh, and the fixtures still aren't that bad but um, until the last week. But th- then you're basically done anyway. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Mares is somebody that I'm not really in love with. And you mentioned that you don't really like the United defense. I agree with you there. Um, Arsenal, the third best attack this season, fourth best in uh, failed to score. So uh, it's not looking great for United. Also, United only kept two clean sheets in the last five in all competitions. Um, so they're very good. They'll limit the damage. I think that's one of the reasons neither of us like the Arsenal attackers. Uh, also, they have Burnley next week, another top five defense. Um, but uh, yeah, the United defense, I'm not sure you can trust. Obviously, Arsenal on the other side, you can't really trust either. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I- I'm not really in love with City against West Ham, who have scored in four or five um I, I think like i said this is more the week for redemption for the likes of the small clubs like burnley and newcastle than it is for the big boys mm-hmm. yeah no i agree uh you know i it's funny you mentioned lock is that i don't even think he i don't think he starts he might so. not considering i don't he's think he play does. on thursday you know i think that he was trying they were trying to get some good game flow moving into the europa game i don't think they need it's it work. in between I yeah mean, oh totally i don't think they need it in between the europa games you know like mm. i think they'll have it Playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday is going to suck. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, those are our starts and sits. Um, I guess I'll run through my uh, wild card team here as it currently stands. Um, currently have Ederson at the back. Then uh, back, well, I guess I should just go by um, 
the entire team since it's going to be bench. Oh, it's not bench boost this week. Never mind. What am I talking about? I'm a big old crazy pants. Uh, so for this week, got Ederson, Daniels, Long, and Cedric in, in defense. Across my midfield, Milivojevic, Salah slash Sterling. <laughs> I have Sterling selected but not fully confirmed yet. Um, then Erickson and Lingard. Then up front, Vardy, Jesus, and Lukaku. Like I said, no Kane in there. I have Vertonghen on the bench who could obviously go in um, for, for one of those other defenders here if I wanted to. Uh, but yeah, that's how I'm looking this week. The captain is currently on Sterling. Which is why I kind of wish it was Salah, um, <laughs> because I just am so much more confident with the captain mark on Salah, because if Sterling doesn't start, he could still get like a 30-minute thing just to ruin your captaincy. So you're like, well, maybe put it on Jesus, but I think Sterling would score more than Jesus if he plays. So then I might just put it on Ericsson instead, because he's actually done me well the last few weeks. I don't know. It's a huge conundrum. I might own <laughs> Salah just to prevent this whole issue. I think I'm kind of rambling now. Rob, what are you planning on doing this week? Uh, I already made... I made my two moves already. I transferred out Alonzo and Firmino, and I went to Vertonghen and Jesus. Mm. Uh, I'm backing up what I said before about bringing in just double game week players. Vertonghen went over him before. I like his fixtures moving forward. I think he's consistently consistent, and he's going to get minutes in the back of the Spurs defense. I don't think that he gets moved or rotated out unless he gets hurt, which, fingers crossed, he doesn't. And I am a little bit more confident confident in Jesus moving forward than Kevin. Um I do like Raheem Sterling. I just think that Sterling is more of a sit risk than Jesus is because I don't think that there's options there uh, for to play up top for City that much less, unless Sterling plays uh, you know that false nine eighty thing that he does. Yeah. Or um, if, oh wait, no, we know Aguero's out. Never mind. Yeah, Aguero's done. So Jesus is is the guy up top. He's the penultimate dude. Um, so my team is you know up top it's Jesus and Kane through the midfield it's a bunch of Blah and Salah. And then on defense, I totally didn't plan that, by the way. Uh, Smalling, Tarkowski, Robertson, Vertonghen, Morgan on defense, De Gea in goal. Um, you know, I'm set up. I'm going to triple captain in week 37. And I've played all my cards and I've laid my chips on the table. And then I hope that things work in my favor. I'm 29 points behind making money. and Well, I'm in the money right now in my cash league. So I'm hoping to move up to one spot and I can make more money. So I'm chasing points. Yep, there you go. Uh, that was the whole reasoning behind my whole Ericsson lust uh, through the end of the year was I felt there was a pretty decent differential there. Um, but yeah, I, I like Definitely. what you're doing as well. Um, okay, so the NFL draft is tomorrow. Who goes number one overall? Uh, I think it's going to be um, Rosen. Mm. Interesting. It, it, they've basically said every quarterback yeah, right now. I, I was thinking I'm Darnold, but... Yeah, it, it could be Darnold, it could be Rosen. And it, it, you know what? Cleveland could just be Cleveland and just take Baker Mayfield. They could. Or they could go Saquon and then just figure out quarterback at four since one of them I, will be left. Which, personally, that would be my... If I was Cleveland, I would take Saquon one, and I know I'm guaranteed a quarterback at four. Yep, and then and then you don't have to feel judged by how they pan out. Yep. You're like, well, we have our running back regardless, as opposed to going mm-hmm. quarterback one. We have one. our franchise player. Exactly. Although the the whole quarterback in Chubb at four isn't really a bad option either. But, no, no, but no, that, I, if that quarterback doesn't work out, then you look real foolish. Yeah, anybody having, you know, anybody downplaying Chubb's ability is just crazy. He's the defensive player of the year in college. So, I mean. Yep. I like I both mean, Chubbs as well. I like Georgia Chubb as well. Yeah. I like back. Chubby. I like getting a Chubby. <laughs> Chub, do Chubbs not drugs or something? Uh, all right. That'll do it for us with this weirdness. Um, Rob, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore 
M-N-O-P. You can find my writings, musings, and stylings on Razball.com. Yeah, my your other host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find my writings over at Goal and Goal Betting, um, as well as Omnisports. So check all of those out if you wouldn't mind. Also, the Premier League and Championship shows are both worth having a look at uh, on this very channel. Rob, lovely speaking with you. Folks at home, best of luck in your leagues, unless you're in ours. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.